I thought what you were going to say is bursting into tears. Sometimes men find that they are more emotional as they get older and that they have moments where <laughs> I see his face looking like this isn't going to happen. No, anymore, basically, I still don't have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, after a two-week sabbatical, Brian and Courtney back again, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney, of course, is a mental health therapist. I, a longtime mental health patient. Happy New Year, Courtney. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's good to be back in the studio. Last time we did it on the phone. That's right, (laughs) because we were dealing with the whole Omicron thing and everything else. And Mm -hmm. well, together again, they tried to keep us apart, but they could only do so for so long. (laughs) For so long. It is episode 83, and what we're going to discuss today day hit me over our holiday vacation break. Now, for Christmas, my wife got me something that was kind of cool. It's like this tower has like LED stuff on it, and it's a Bluetooth where I can just play music, and there's pretty colors that flash all over the place, and I can walk it all over the house. And I was really enjoying listening to it, and one day, I have a couple of apps on my phone that are all Van Halen. Mm -hmm. Van Halen is my favorite band since I was a kid. And I was listening to it and really enjoying it, and she was sitting there with me in the living room when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just burst into tears. And she said, what's wrong? I said, I'm sitting here enjoying this so much. And suddenly it hit me that Eddie Van Halen is no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm never going to get new music again. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to see them live again. And it's one of the very few things in life that brings me joy. And it just kind of started bumming me out about getting older because prior to having lost Eddie Van Halen, three weeks before that, I lost my mom. We lost Betty White over the course of the last week. Mm -hmm. And all of these icons and people that you love in your life as you get older, inevitably, this stuff starts happening. And I have to imagine, Courtney, that you've probably dealt with some people who have a hard time getting older. Now, I will tell you this. It never really bothered me for the longest time. Mm -hmm. But since I've hit about 50, I've noticed that there are things about getting older in general that are depressing me. Things suddenly that are hurting that didn't before. Trouble losing weight, not being able to see as well. All of these things are adding up and it kind of has me with the winter blahs. Right. (laughs) The winter blahs, huh, Brian? Well, this is true and actually I do have a lot of clients that we do talk about this, the aging process because when you're aging and you're in middle age, there's so many responsibilities that you have. That too, the adulting. Yeah, and people get really bogged down and they may be taking care of kids still, grandkids and then they're also taking care of their parents. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. So there's a lot going on there. And I do have some clients that get pretty stressed and we have to work on a lot of ways of trying to decrease their anxiety and kind of limit set and have some boundaries on that. But also there's a whole thing about where am I in my life and have I wasted time? Have I not done the things that I wanted to do? And I think at midlife, a lot of times as we're aging, we start checking in with that. And all of a sudden, maybe we have a little more time because our kids are getting older and stuff. And we check in with ourselves like, wait a minute, have I been doing the things that I want to do? And so sometimes that can add to depression too. And you talked about too the component of all of the responsibilities mm-hmm. mounting up at a time when your energy level is, coming is down. starting to <laughs> yes. sink. Yes. It's dropping like a rock yep. and it really can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I've seen my wife burst into tears. She's yeah. been having a really hard time with a lot of things. Never mind, and she won't mind me saying this, mm-hmm. adding things 
things like menopause to the list. Right. The pandemic, maybe your kids are struggling with this, so you have to kind of be there for them when maybe you can barely even be there for yourself. We're exhausted. I mean, the pandemic is really zapping our life force right now, Mm -hmm. and we really have to refocus on the things that we can control. But even in therapy, I mean, I hear this every time I talk to a client because this is what they're going through. This is what I'm going through and everything with the pandemic. It is just zapping our energy. And then, of course, you add on top of that, like you said, with menopause. And let me just say, too, I thought what you were going to say is bursting into tears. Sometimes men find that they are more emotional as they get older and that they have moments where <laughs> I see his face looking like this isn't going to happen. No, anymore, basically, I still don't have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes men report like, why am I crying as they get older? Obviously, like you said, you can point to what was going on there. But sometimes men are feeling more emotional as they get older. So just be careful of that, Brian. You I'm may not have... a big crier, but mm-hmm. I am a sentimental person. Yeah. And when I do deal with loss from time to time, especially on that level, yeah. it will hit me in a way that I don't expect. And my wife has accused me of this, and she's not wrong. Mm-hmm. She said, this is one thing that drives me crazy about you. This was her knee jerk when she saw me start crying about Eddie Van Halen. She's like, here I am trying to do something nice for you, and this is what it turns into. And sometimes I think you just like to wallow in the stuff. Sometimes I think you just like to listen to Van Halen to make yourself sad because that's your comfortable place. Mm-hmm. And she said, you do it with Phil Hartman, too, who I used to work with, who I lost right. because he was murdered. And around the time, the anniversary of his death, I'll watch some of his old clips. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, yes, I'm wallowing to a certain degree, but I'm also using it to process things. Mm-hmm. And I'm also using it to be able to appreciate what they were when they were here. And there's something healthy about that. Now, can you take it too far? Yes. But I also said to her, you know, I was hoping when I burst into tears to my wife, your knee jerk would be to comfort me. <laughs> but instead, you busted me open. <laughs> Can I have my moment here? Maybe she was trying to use it as a teaching learning experience. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> but either way, it started to fight. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no, my point is that chemically, sometimes guys can get a little oh, more emotional. So, you sure. know, when we get older, sometimes we don't look the same. We don't feel the same. Like I would say oh, to my friends, like, one. what the heck? Things are moving in different directions and things aren't where they used to be. Like, what's happening here? And There's I have hair in this place and it's all white. <laughs> it doesn't even have any color to it. Right. My husband will say, my hair slid down from my head onto my back. Oh, like, yeah. what happened? So there's a lot of stuff that we are not feeling comfortable about that we're trying to, like you were saying, process things and losses and things that we've gone through. And sometimes we do have a pause. We have some time where we can do that. And sometimes things flood back to us. I know a lot of times with my clients, they would say, why am I feeling some of the stuff that happened maybe like in my childhood or in my 20s? I'm in my 40s or 50s. Why is this coming back to me and upsetting me? And a lot of times if it is that like maybe you raised your kids, maybe you were working like crazy and you were really busy for years and you didn't have time to look at some of this stuff. I think our brain is trying to put all the pieces of our life together and make sense of things. And sometimes there's some processing that needs to be done, some things that we never were able to fully heal from. And it starts coming back up. And this can happen in our 40s and 50s. And of course, midlife crisis, as they call it, it's not a cliche. It is real. This happens to people. So there's a lot of things on our radar that we have to be able to normalize and say, this is okay if this is happening. And there's some things we can do about it. And then there's the stress of this. You're going, it feels like 24-7. And then suddenly it pops into your mind, I can't 
can't wait until I can finally retire and things will slow down. Then you take a look at your various investments and <laughs> savings accounts and whatnot, and you're saying, am I going to be able to retire? Which just adds another stress on yeah. everything and makes you more upset and will mm-hmm. make me burst into tears again, at which point my wife will yell at me and not comfort me, and round and round she goes. But I also want to ask you this, Courtney, because for people who are tuning into the podcast for the first time, mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this is you are a therapist, I am a patient, and we try to take away the stigma from therapy and also try to show people that there's nothing to be afraid of when it yeah. comes to this. Now, when I had mentioned earlier that sometimes my wife has to prop me up because I'm getting upset, mm-hmm. she also has to do the same for the boy, little mm-hmm. Jonathan there, not little anymore, but you're doing this too with your parents, and like I said, she can start to feel overwhelmed, ditto me, because she's going through a lot of stuff. When it comes to being a mental health therapist, mm-hmm. not only are you dealing with stepkids, not only are you dealing with aging parents, not only are you dealing with your husband, you're also dealing with clients. Right. When do you have time for yourself, and do you find, because you're only a human being, that that really starts to weigh on you? Trying to yeah. take care of everybody else and not having the time, or at least trying to find a way to make the time to take care of yourself. Right, and I do have to be conscious of that, and I say, you know what? I tell this to my clients, so I need to do it too. I need to say no to some things. I need to find balance. I need to sometimes just shut off the world and watch some shows and binge watch a little bit. Don't listen to uh, Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, because if I listen to Van Halen, it's yeah, going to get me all upset. It exactly. just happens. I can't do it. But yeah, and as we do this for each other too, as therapists, we will say like, okay, what are you doing for self-care? Maybe you need some downtime. We kind of check in with each other and that's really important, especially because we're doing all this telehealth. I feel a lot more disconnected sometimes because it used to be you could just walk outside your office and go find a colleague and just chat with them about something mm-hmm. and get validated and feel that, okay, this is normal. Even though there's some weird stuff going on, we can handle it. Now it's a little more difficult, but you have to push yourself to do that. Like, okay, I am someone and say, hey, can I call you? Have a quick supervision with someone, have a, a peer supervision. It's really important to do that. We need to do that as therapists because we're dealing with a lot of stuff coming at us. And I always say like right now, it's very unique because with the pandemic and stuff, it's not just happening to other people and we're trying to help them through it. We're trying to help ourselves through it while we're helping other people through it. So it brings an extra element to it too. But that's a good point. A lot of the stuff that we preach, we have to also stop and say, no, I need to do that for myself. I have a few colleagues. We go out regularly for lunch or for dinner and we just check in with each other. And I think that's really, really important. And that's important for all of us to do. I think, especially with this aging process thing, one of the big things we can do is talk to our friends and vent about it. (laughs) Oh man, this aging thing. And get some validation from each other and know that it's normal and that it's okay and that we're going to go through this. That actually helps us to get through this. Very interesting. (laughs) They show on a graph, after we're 18, our happiness starts to drop and we don't recover until like our 60s, they say. It starts going down and down and down (laughs) in increments because we're so busy, we're stressed, we're doing all these things. And so it's really interesting to see how the happiness starts coming up, but it's more like in our 60s, maybe when we're retiring. Or the hope is that we will understand better our limitations, our weaknesses, but also our strengths. And we will start to live within more realistic expectations of ourselves rather than putting all of these things on us like, oh, why didn't I do this? I never got this done. Oh, my gosh. We start to be more free from that as we get older. So there is a good thing with age and getting older. Well, there is an interesting component to this because I very often have these conversations with my dad. We speak on the phone every night and he'll ask me how my day is going and I'll unload on him with all of the crap 
crap that oh, I'm boy. going through in everyday life. <laughs> Watch and out, pops. <laughs> I just tell him, too. I got to see him over vacation a couple of times. I took him out to lunch. I had him over for Christmas. And yeah. I said, Dad, I just wish that I could do things like this with you more. But I literally cannot find five seconds in a day mm-hmm. to be able to do this as much as I would like. Because life is just so nonstop. And he said exactly what you said. He said, don't worry. Eventually, it's really going to slow down. Mm. But sometimes, too, that can be a challenge because for him, it has slowed down to the extent that he's also lost my mom and he's spending a lot of time by himself. And that can get him down as well. So that also adds guilt to me that here's my poor dad sitting alone in assisted living Mm -hmm. without his bride of 51 years. And I put that pressure on myself. And again, sometimes you do just have to take that step back and say, I'm doing as much as I can. I know my dad doesn't feel like I'm shortchanging him. He understands. I mean, my dad was a guy who got up at 2.30 in the morning, did a paper route to help put my brother and myself through college, Mm -hmm. went to the office all day, and then would be a coach afterwards and get home at 8 o'clock and then lather, rinse, repeat every Mm -hmm. single day. So believe me, he knows from busy. And it's not like he's putting that on me. But there's so many times, Courtney, in life, and examples like that or other things, so many times we just put things on ourselves unnecessarily. And we have to make sure that we can break those patterns, too. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, I would say for you, you did grow up with a father who has this amazing work ethic, Mm -hmm. right? But there's probably part of you that kind of put a pressure on yourself to work a lot and make sure that you're doing like 110%. And maybe sometimes... Have you picked up on that? Exactly. I'm trying to be just like, hey, I think perhaps. (laughs) Even though I'm like, no, this is what's happening. Subtlety (laughs) with a sledgehammer. (laughs) You know me. I'm trying to be subtle. But maybe midlife, we start to think about, hey, is there some place where I need to set some limits for myself because I'm putting some pressure. A lot of times we're thinking other people are pressuring us or they want things from us. I think the hardest thing is when we do it to ourselves, it's hard to break that because it's such a habit. And also we get a lot of self-esteem, I think, is how we define who we are. And I do the same thing with work. It's like, oh, I work. I love to work and this and that. But sometimes I have to stop and say, hey, maybe you should put in for a day off. And that's another thing with mental health. We are allowed to have mental health days sometimes. And that can be very helpful because sometimes you're just not in the space to be able to hold a space for someone. So if you feel that way sometimes, I'm giving you permission to call out of work, Brian. Oh, the boss is going to love me. (laughs) (laughs) And once he hears this whole ruse, we're both going to get fired. I know, exactly. You know, you mentioned having lunch with your colleagues, and that was one thing, too, while we had the break. I got 11 days off just Mm -hmm. because of time that I had off left, and I really made an effort to see as many friends and loved ones as Mm -hmm. possible, because it's just impossible, especially with our schedules. We get up so early hosting a morning radio show to get that done. And I have to tell you, a lot of people will say to me, well, why didn't you go anywhere for your vacation? I say, well, every time I go somewhere, one of our parents, my wife's and I, ends up in the hospital. And sure enough, it happened again. But that doesn't mean that I don't have quality time because I am taking that time to go out with friends. And Mm -hmm. I really, I jammed my schedule. But it was the best thing that I could have done in addition to making sure I got the sleep that I needed, Mm -hmm. that I can't get the rest of the year, making sure that I unplug not only from social media, but from what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. because that starts to weigh you down too. And we talk about it all the time, how social media, for as much as it was intended to be a positive, and sometimes you don't even realize it, it's pushing you down even more when you start having disagreements with Mm -hmm. loved ones or seeing people say something that you don't like and tuning into the news and seeing these Omicron numbers just going through the roof and the inflation and everything else that's going on in the world. (laughs) There are very few places where, and 
unless you put effort in, you can turn and get something good. Right. There's just bad stuff all over the place. Well, and that's really, I like the way that you put that too, because you have to know where you can put your time and your focus that's going to bring you something back. So the news and social media really limited with social media, I suppose, if you were trying to make an impact there. But with the news and stuff coming in on you, you really have to put those limits down and say no. And I have clients that they'll tell me, oh, I've been watching the news too much. They already know what I'm going to say. And we cut down on that. But just like you said, nurturing relationships, that's like a top thing to help you with coping with things and stress and the aging process, making sure that you're putting time into those things that are meaningful. Just like you said, your friendships, your family, and you had to really kind of load it in for your vacation, but so important. And also sprinkle that around so that you can have little things to look forward to going forward, but definitely cutting down on any of the negativity that comes at us. So important. And here's the thing. It's probably at an all time high, that kind of negativity, Mm -hmm. because for as much as we love technology and how much it makes our lives easier, never before has a society been exposed to so much information. Mm -hmm. And when a lot of it isn't positive, that can really make you go into a downward spiral that much more quickly. And that's why, Courtney, like I said, every time you turn around, you're seeing something bad. That's why you have to make the effort to find the good. And that's why, as I always say, they call it the pursuit Mm -hmm. of happiness. It's not the, I'm going to sit here and let happiness come to me. Because if you do that, it ain't going to happen. No, you have to focus in. I tell clients all the time we talk about the negativity bias, how our brain is focused on the negative so we can fix those problems. The positive comes in. Somebody gives you some flowers. You're like, oh, that's nice. But it doesn't stick to you Mm -hmm. like a negative because there's no threat there. Our brain is wired for survival. So we have to make the effort to perseverate on the positive. Like we have to sit there and be like, this is awesome. And like really focus in. And I know it sounds weird, but the more you do that, the more you can start to change the way that your brain is doing business and you can pick up on more things because what we focus on does grow in our life. And so if we start to focus on some of the things we're grateful for, that'll also pull in too. And especially now, like you said, just because we can do it and we have all this stuff with technology doesn't mean our brain can handle it. Right. Our brain doesn't know how to filter all that stuff out. It's just pulling it all in going, oh my gosh, this is a horrible, horrible, horrible. I tell people, what would it be like to just sit and really immerse yourself on the positive instead of perseverating on the negative like we do? And sometimes even when you are pursuing the positive, Mm -hmm. like say sitting down to listen to Van Halen, you still might get upset Mm -hmm. over something as I did. But as I was trying to explain to my wife, that doesn't mean that I should never listen to Van Halen again. Because just because I had one bad moment thinking about how much I missed Mm -hmm. this musical genius and what he meant in my life, he still has a body of work that was over the course of 40 years that I can enjoy Mm -hmm. and appreciate and remind myself and say, thank God I was alive at a time when this guy was alive. That's awesome. And think about the decades of joy that he brought me and can continue to bring me in other forms. And allow yourself to have those moments. Sorry, Carla. (laughs) She's like, no! He's had enough of those moments. Not only does the boss hate you now, now you got my wife. (laughs) She's coming after me now. But you need to have those moments and that's real. That's like you said, it's a processing moment. It's a gratitude moment. You're so grateful for what you have with that, with him and his genius and his legacy. But you did. You had that moment of sadness. Like, my gosh, like he can never make this music again. And I think as we get older, things are more bittersweet, right? I mean, it's not just when we're kids. It's like, oh, the joy of so many things. As we get older, we see how the world works and there's a lot of pain that we go through. So a lot of things are bittersweet, but we need to take those moments. And then you get to the other side of it. And then again, you're enjoying his music. You're having fun. You're enjoying yourself. But you need to have those moments and that's okay. And here's another thing that I do too. 
too. I also just recently, I had my wife get it for me. It's a book about the history of Van Halen, and mm. I know a lot about that, but I always have fun every night I read, and I look back at the glory yeah. days, and it gives me this warm feeling. And for as much as I am throttling social media, as I very often do, another thing that I can tell you, I've suddenly started following these Instagram pages, and it is all... Edward Van Halen mega fans, and it's people who have had access to photos of him in the band, some of which I've never seen, which would be crazy, the level of a fan that I am. So I'm just constantly flipping Mm. through and liking those, and the more that I like them, the more that I see them, I'm like, oh, wow, that was that tour. And I remember when I saw them on this date, and they played that song, Mm. and that was a moment that made me happy. That's where you can use social media for good. There's a whole community out there, and we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And we reminisce and we talk about those memories. And that's curating your page. And like you said, putting likes on things and it's coming back to you. Setting an algorithm. Exactly. So that's an awesome thing. black, red, and white striped (laughs) algorithm. We need to do that in our life, though. Curate what's coming at us, what we want more of, what we want to focus on. Maybe what we want to go on TED Talks. You know, there's so many inspirational things and so many things to learn on there and go on there. Maybe there's certain sites on social media. There's certain things we want to check in with. Maybe there's some meditation. We need to look and instead of being fed stuff and just being like, I don't like this. Be very conscious about choosing what we want to have more of in our life. And maybe there's some I Love Beagles pages (laughs) where you see adorable photos as well. And another thing, too, (laughs) this is where you need to think long and hard when you take this approach. Mm -hmm. One day, out of the blue, I was reading something, and there was a mention of, I'm sure you remember this comic strip, The Far Side. Oh, yeah. And it was this brilliant guy. Larson was his last name. His first name escapes me. And he did it for like 10 or 15 years. Mm. And it was just these like very simple but very smart and amazingly funny cartoons. One of the best that I've ever seen in my life. And when I saw that, I said, I wonder if there's a page devoted to far side cartoons. And sure enough, I went on Facebook and there is one. And people are putting those up all the time. So you get to start going down that rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. having some chuckles, seeing one that you remember and getting that nostalgia, which hopefully won't force me to burst into tears again because he's not doing it anymore. (laughs) Right. But no, it's a Another good thing and another way to put a smile on your face. Was and it Gary Larson? Gary Larson. Oh, I can't believe I thought of it. Usually, you're the other one. <laughs> I was thinking Don Larson, who was a major league pitcher, and that's why I got confused. But yeah, that was something that I would never have even considered. So think long and hard about mm. things that you liked years ago, where you can say to yourself, "It might be fun to revisit yeah. that," because there's no lack of resources when it comes to stuff like that. That's true, and nostalgia can really make you happy. The other thing, there was a quote that I saw when I was looking through some research for this and it said, we should all look at midlife as an adventure to be enjoyed rather than a challenge to be endured. And think about how much we look at life as something to just be endured, right? And if we can shift and say, okay, there's some adventure here. What can I learn? What can I find? Just like you did. Oh, I wonder. You got curious. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder if there's anything else around this, like with the far side. And oh, let me check into these pages with Van Halen and stuff. Getting curious about things and remembering as a child, the awe, the things that got you excited, the things that you were like, oh, I want to learn more about this. There's no reason for us not to have more of that. And that will connect with our joy. And that will help us through some of these challenges of, well, for me, it's my puffy eye bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and don't uh, forget you know, your giant hands. Yeah, my giant hands. And everything's shifting as right. we get older. It's Gravity's just, taking its toll. We, we don't recognize ourselves sometimes. We mm-hmm. look in the mirror. I know somebody, they were talking Sex in the City, a lot of the actresses mm-hmm. when they're coming back for the show that they're doing, and they're all talking about how people are so focused on the fact that they don't look like they used to. I mean, they're all in their 50s now, and they're talking about and how... And there's so many platforms for uh, that kind of trolling to go right? on, which never existed and before. And it's crazy, because they're like, this is nuts. People are saying stuff about Sarah Jessica having gray hair, but she's like, they don't say it about Andy Cohen, who I'm sitting right next to having lunch with and they're trolling me for gray hair you know what I mean and all of these things and it's tough for men it's tough for women that there's a sort of standard that we're supposed to have and especially people in the public eye it's really difficult but there's a lot with that with aging I want to go on record to say Cobra Kai season 3 Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Shue hello (laughs) I'm not complaining about anything going on there (laughs) shout out to Elizabeth but that is another thing too in terms of nostalgia because Mm -hmm. season 4 of Cobra Kai just came out and it's those little things to look forward to and to be able to binge that kind of thing Mm -hmm. you and I love Afterlife Ricky Gervais' show hitting Netflix on January 14th just setting aside those little things Mm -hmm. because when I'm at my worst which is invariably I will say to my wife I feel like I'm existing Mm -hmm. I'm not living try to do more living we all have Mm -hmm. to exist to some degree but don't make your entire life about just being also do and also don't make it about just tasks that you're just checking off you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and if you are doing tasks make them in a way that you can enjoy them if you gotta do it naked you know exactly (laughs) throw your clothes off we have a list who doesn't really like to wear clothes, I Except guess. for Sarah Jessica say. Parker, because she has a lot of work she needs to do. No, I'm kidding. Oh, That's a Brian. joke! That's a joke! Ah. Hey, come on. My wife is making me suffer through every episode of that show. <laughs> I gotta get some of this out. Oh my gosh. And so you choose the podcast to get it out. <laughs> but that's the thing. The things that we do, finding meaning in the things that we're doing and doing them in a way that brings you some meaning and joy rather than just like, oh, I have to, I have to. Another thing that we always talk about is saying, I get to rather than I have to. Like changing the languaging on that because there's a lot of things that other people would love to get to do that we get to do that we think is such a chore, but it's a privilege. We can look at it that way if we want to shift the way that we're looking at it. Recently, I thought of an example of something that you gave that really put things in perspective for me, especially since my wife and I now, yesterday, as we tape, it is Friday, January 7th. Yesterday, it was the 15th year anniversary of our first date. Mm. And from time to time, I do plenty of things that annoy her. She does some things that rubs me the wrong way. But I remember you saying one day that your husband tends to leave his dirty socks all over the place. And <laughs> <He doesn't. laughs> it hits a nerve with you from time to time. But one day you said, you know what? I'm grateful to have this person yes. to be there to do that. Because when it's gone, mm-hmm. I'm really going to miss it. And that yeah. really does put things in perspective, especially in dealing with my dad, who is trying to make a new life yeah. for himself without my mom. Oh, what he wouldn't give Mm -hmm. for those things that my mom did to annoy him just to have her back. So Mm -hmm. in the moment, too, some of those things that bother you, think about how in some odd ways you can be grateful for them. Yeah, you would miss it. Every time I see, like I said, those little dirty socks. I call him a little dirty bird, this one. He comes in the house with his dirty boots and everything. But I think about that 
and I look and I go, I'm not alone in this journey. Mm-hmm. I have him. And every time I see his stuff around, <laughs> and literally, Brian, he does. He takes off his clothes and just throws it on the floor, and I trip over it. But I say, I'm not alone. <laughs> Which, by the way, if he's hearing this, it's only encouraging him. <laughs> he's like, oh, she really likes crap it everywhere. Exactly. Well, I can certainly bring more of that. <laughs> oh, she loves it when I do that. Oh. All right. So, <laughs> bottom line, we've effed up your relationship with our boss, my wife, and your husband. I think we're done here. <laughs> this might be the last. <laughs> what a way to go out, huh? They're like, we're separating them. <laughs> Courtney, for anybody who's unbelievably pissed off at you, how can they get in touch with you? Or if they have questions. You can always get me at wellness at wctk.com. And also we have resources up on our wellness 411 page at catcountry.com that you can check out as well. And speaking of productive socials, you can find us at Cat Country Mornings on just about any platform. We have individual pages. Courtney with a C, Kelly EY, and sometimes Courtney Kelly Bedard. Sometimes. A woman of many different identities. <laughs> you can see why, because so many people are angry with her. <laughs> then, of course, you have Brian Mulhern, Brian with an I, and that's H-E-R-N on the Mulhern thing. So there's that, and there's also educating other people about this podcast. Mm-hmm. Sure, you enjoy it, but for other people who are looking for joy, for people who want to do more than exist, they want to yes, live. Yes. And they can live vicariously through coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Tell them that they can find it mm-hmm. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even their smart devices. We're just everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want a better quality of life and you're feeling stuck about all of this stuff, you go talk to a therapist, you know? There and you go. we're doing a lot of telehealth right now, so there's no excuse of not being able to access someone. But we can really help people with pulling through all of this stuff. And you're having low mood, you're having anxiety about stuff, just give us a call. As we said, let a therapist take care of you so they don't have time to take care of themselves. <laughs> I'm just funning with it. Come on, I had two weeks off. I'm shot out of a cannon. I know, exactly. Well, it's been great to have all of you with us for episode 83. Can't wait to see you for episode 84, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to talk about-